Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week, I'm joined by a special guest, Frank Burton. Now, although Frank has the same surname as me, we're not actually related, um, but one of the reasons I'm having him on is because he's also a podcaster, and he has a podcast called The Ragbag Podcast, which I've linked to in the description. Now, as well as the Ragbag podcast, me and Frank also talk about our musical loves and interests and things because the Ragbag podcast is quite a musical podcast. Um, we also talk about his books because he's actually an author. He's got one that's out called The History of Sarcasm, and he's got one which he should be releasing in the next few months or over the next year or so, which you know, I'll link to his website and things so you can keep up to date with that sort of stuff. Now, as well as the things I just mentioned, um, the bulk of the podcast, we actually speak about epilepsy because Frank is someone who's been diagnosed with epilepsy and he's actually spoken on a BBC Ouch Storytelling Live uh, video, which I've linked to as well on YouTube, about his epilepsy. He was diagnosed with it a few years ago and he goes into details of sort of what it was like, how it feels, um, what basically just some of the misconceptions to do with epilepsy as well as there's a whole mess of things that i really didn't know about including the fact that epilepsy isn't always to do with seizures and things and strobe lights it's he, he goes into a lot of detail on it so i'm not going to go into detail on it here because there's no need um so it's a real great podcast about music and art podcasting as well as a really informative podcast about epilepsy that i wholeheartedly implore everyone to listen to now, before we get started, just two quick things. Uh, the first thing is that there's a promo coming up for the Shooting Breezes podcast, um, so be sure to check that out after you've uh, listened to this episode. Um, but also, this is the first episode where me and... Well, this is the first episode that I've recorded outside. Um, we were initially planned to record inside, but scheduling things and a few other things came up, so we end up recording outside. Now, the audio, for most part, does sound completely fine. You know, I've edited a little bit, taken away a little bit of the background hiss, but there are the odd times where you we can hear like a plane overhead and that sort of thing. Um, I do apologize about that. I have tried editing it and removing it and reducing it that sort of thing, but I can't quite get it out as it was quite loud. Um, the worst time this happens is around nine minutes. It, it happens for about 20 seconds or so. Um, but after that, it, it, it's not really in it at all much. You hear the odd noise of it, but I just wanted to sort of flag that up for any of you audiophiles out there. You know, I still think the chat is great. The quality is up to almost the usual standard that it usually is. It's just that, every now and then you can hear it a bit and i think twice in the podcast it is a bit loud but i've reduced the volume of it so it shouldn't be loud to yourselves you just our voices may not be as perfectly clear as it could be so yeah just want to preface that sorry about that guys but i still you know i wouldn't release this if i didn't think it was great quality so you know i really if anyone's kind of on the fence please just give it a go you know i I try my best. Um, anyway, you know, thanks as always for listening, guys. Um, I'll be back at the end to give the usual social media stuff and all my usual ramblings about the next coming up episodes and whatnot. So, as always, guys, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you at the end. Hey, Brad, do you know what I hate? Minorities? No. I hate it when I'm at dinner parties and I feel like everyone's a little bit smarter than me. Yeah, I just don't have the time to read up on things. Well, that's a lie. I do have the time. I just want it to be easier. You know what's easier? podcasts. That's right. And we've got a podcast, don't we? Yeah. And the whole point of it is that we do the hard work for people. We find the most interesting international news stories and discuss them in a fun and relaxed way. Probably should mention the name. Ah, good idea, Jackie. Shooting Breezes. And you can find us just about anywhere. But head over to shootingbreezes.com to find out more. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. Oh, and here we are. Um, we are recording outside for the first time. Uh, we're in the lovely, we're in lovely Windsor. 
um, and I'm here with Frank, who shares the same last name as me. Which is, Hello. And you said it's like uh, one of your family members has the same name as me as well. So yeah, yeah, like... you got the same name as my brother. So and um, yeah, because when, when, we've been emailing back and forth, and uh, that's my, my brother lives in China, so that's my my oh, okay. pri- my primary uh, method of communication with him is email. Yeah. And you you uh, Michael Burton pops up now and again, <laughs> and uh, I don't know who it is nowadays. Yeah, it's either me or it's your brother. It's like, it's going to be family or is this going to be business? Because <laughs> yeah, um, we were talking quite a bit um, online and stuff, because you're, you're living in Manchester. Yes. And obviously I live in Southampton, which is, I've been to Liverpool and things, and that's not, excuse me, that's not too far from Manchester, is it? That's, no, no. That's only, because when I saw you were there, I was, I was tempted to go up there, and um, I've got there's uh, a website I use called Killing Tree Clothing. Uh, I'm actually wearing one of their tops today, and okay. um, I, I love their stuff. And I've emailed uh, the person, uh, one of the people, and I, I want to see. Um, I haven't heard back from them as of yet, so maybe I won't get them on there. But they're located in uh, like Liverpool area, so I was thinking if I ever go up there, I could um, see if there's any other podcasters in the area, maybe do another meetup or collaboration or something. But right now we're quite lucky because the by chance when you said about you're coming down to London, and obviously it's yeah. not too far from me, um, just in these few days, and um, uh, a mutual friend of ours who's a podcaster, Susie, she's doing a, a podcast thing as well. So a meetup just happened to be on this day because we just landed on this day almost randomly in a sense yeah. for me. And it just happened to be in London as a podcast meetup. So it's done, done really well. So thought we could meet up. We're sat in a nice park with no one about, which is lovely. And we'll have a little chat. So um, well, I'll just start off with, um, obviously, you do a podcast. So, uh, yes, I'll I ask, do. Yeah. I'll ask you about that. So it's, um, it's the Ragbag podcast. Yes, yeah. Um, it's uh, it's difficult to sum up, but also it's quite easy to sum up as well. Yeah. I can sum it up in three words. It's music, comedy, and storytelling. So the podcast is literally just me talking, playing some music, and that's it. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm kind of... Uh, I call myself Frank Burton, but it's Frank Burton, the character, rather than <laughs> the actual me. Um, so it's persona. It's a com- completely fictionalised so version of myself. people go onto your show and, um, uh, from this. There's two different, <laughs> two yeah. different people. So it, 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 it gives me the opportunity to say some really silly things. And, uh, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, um, so we'll just uh, hit the ground running in a sense. Uh, what sort of, uh, what made you get into podcasting? Because you, you mentioned uh, before we start recording, you mentioned that you've been listening to podcasts for quite a few years. So what was the sort yeah. of... Is, was there any main event that made you go, I can do this, I'm going to do it now? Or was it just like a, over time, it was like, I can kind of do this. And one day it kind of clicked in a sense. What was that? Um, I think I, I got to a point where there was an opportunity for me to do it. Because I had it in the back of my mind that I'm going to I'm gonna do one of these things eventually. It's yeah. just, uh, what form is it going to take? And when am I going to do it? And uh, I, over time I decided... I. Early on, I decided I wanted to do like a music podcast because mu- music's like a big passion of mine, and there's it, there's so much kind of music out there that that can be kind of podcasted and s- sort of uh, put out there to a wider audience, you know, independent artists and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, so my original idea is going to be something like kind of really kind of straight and serious. I was going to play some music and be very sort of. Um, sincere about it uh, and, and, and uh, but what what i've actually ended up doing is doing like a comedy show with which uh, plays music uh, you know uh, uh, as part of it and um perhaps the the biggest sort of influence on that was a, a show american show called welcome to night vale 
which I think a lot of people will have heard of because it's got a, a large cult following. But, um, you know, if, if you haven't heard it, I'd definitely recommend that you listen to it because it's, uh, it's, it's really, it's one of those things that just completely takes you by surprise. Yeah. Uh, it's like, what is this thing that, you know, I've, I've not heard anything like this before. Um, and there's not that many things you can say that about, you know, uh, it's just a really original show. And the fact that it's, it's not always it's not always like this now because there's kind of other characters that have been sort of introduced into it but it's welcome to night vale started as it's like a parody of a local radio show and it's presented by this one guy cecil baldwin and um it's basically just him talking for half an hour and it's it's like a narrative driven thing so it's it's kind of like there's comedy but there's also like a storytelling element to it as well oh awesome and um yeah, it's set in this fictional town, Night Vale, and it's just sort of uh, become like this whole kind of universe. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that that was a big inspiration for me because um, with the whole kind of I can do this sort of thing in the back of my head, it's literally just the guy talking for half an hour. Yeah. Which, yeah. you know, I can do that. Yeah, well, exactly. That's what I do. It's like with me. My, the whole crux of my, my podcast is uh, I, the tagline is obviously honest conversations with interesting people. And the funny thing is, is that everyone I have on the podcast is an interesting person. I'm just the yeah. one who basically goes, can I record you talking to me? Because you're more interesting than I am. <laughs> so it's like, I'm just this little center point that does, it's just like, I'm just the host. Whereas all the people I come on my show are way more interesting than me. So it's, it's quite funny that there's that podcasting thing. Like I implore anyone who's listening, if they, it's one of those things where you could, if you fancy doing it, why not? You know, it, yeah. it's, you know, even if, <clears throat> it should be a thing like music where, it shouldn't be, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to make a career out of it, and I'm going to be famous. And No, it's it's very mm. unlikely it's going to happen. Some people can, and some people you can make some money off it, but the jump from making a little bit of Patreon 10 quid a month mm. money to living wage money is a very, very big jump. And, yeah, sorry. Oh, you, oh, I was just going to say, I mean, you've literally got nothing to lose mm. from doing it. I mean, exactly. the, the worst that could happen is that your podcast turns out to be shit. Well, exactly. Which, which uh, well, you know. uh, yeah, in, in some cases, that is true. But, um, you know, um, it could also turn out to be great. Yeah, and it's, it's fun um, to do as well. If it's a pa- you, you do it as a passion yeah. project, then you're not, never worried about, oh, I need to make sure that, you know, it gets this many views or this many things. I mean, obviously, a lot of us do download. Uh, look how many downloads we got because it's interesting and it's gratifying when you've got a lot. But I try not to watch the numbers too much because it's like it's like this exact conversation meeting you. This would mm. never have happened if I didn't do podcasting. You know, we just went for yeah. um, we met in Windsor. We had a little chat in a Starbucks, mm. which is really cool to get to know you. And then this, and hopefully in the future we can meet up again. These sorts of yeah, things yeah. and other people as well. And it's just like, well, if my podcast in air quotes doesn't go anywhere mm. and it just stays few thousand listens every um, few months that's i'd be fine with that because i've had so many conversations i've only been doing it less than a year now and i've had so many cool conversations and i've rekindled but there's a friend of mine called carla who's been on the podcast a couple of times i'm friends with her for ages but since doing the podcast we've really connected and now she's one of my best friends just from that so it's like great i really implore anyone to do a podcast with a mate or by yourself or anything you want to do and it's great when there's these passion projects and stuff um, so keeping on the same top, uh, topic, subject, both at the same time, subject, um, <laughs> with, uh, with that, so music-wise, obviously, I'm, I'm really into music, I like a little bit of everything, but with you musically, like, um, what made you want to do, obviously, um, Night Vale being a sort of uh, inspiration, but music and po- podcasting, is it you love a widespread of genres, have you played music before, is there anything that links um, you to music? In I, I'm, a, I'm a music fan, basically, mm. I'm, I'm not a musician. Um, I just 
I'm a guy who likes music, but I also I like discovering new stuff, mm. and I uh, I particularly like just kind of going on to just things like Bandcamp and Free Music Archive and just fi- finding new things, new and interesting things, and quite a lot of the stuff that I discover is by just kind of independent artists who have only got a very small following, and I think it's great that you know somebody like me can play their music on the podcast and a, a few more people will, will get to hear it you know um so people need small artists always need exposure yeah yeah absolutely and, and the thing is you know just in my opinion a lot of these people are so much better than um a lot of the major uh label artists who are out there yeah and uh, and yet and yet they get very little exposure mm. and you know so I know you're saying about uh, you know not being too uh, interested in the uh, the numbers of people listening to to your show. I literally don't know how many people really? listen to mine. I do. Oh, that's, I, 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 that's good. Then. I, I, I haven't I haven't looked at how many people are listening because I think it would put me off. <laughs> um, well, that's you know. the thing. I get people on some of the the podcast groups. Certainly, I think that we're in. I think it's how. I think it's probably how you saw my name, wasn't it? It was in one of the, was in one of the Facebook. Podcasts. Oh yeah, one of the Facebook groups. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So like in there, you get so many people uh, in those Facebook groups, and it's it's weird because a lot of them, some people are just like, I do this passion, I love it, blah blah blah. But some people I've seen them post like, oh my numbers this week have dropped, and what shall I do? Oh my god! And I'm like, god, I don't look at that at all. Like I, I host yeah. my stuff on Podbean. And I'll probably it gives every time you log in, the front page is telling you how many people listen. So that, that's, okay, the, yeah. that's how I know. I very, very. The other day I looked into it a little bit deeper because I was just interested by how many people listen on Spotify compared to iTunes and those standard apps. But I don't, I don't know which episodes of mine are the most fate popular. Mm. I don't know which ones haven't done that well. I just kind of go, I post them. I do throwback Thursdays on my Instagram of some of the older episodes that obviously yeah. when I didn't have such a following, I could do it. But yeah, I get. Few, a couple hundred per uh, episode I think ish but if I only yeah. got if I got 20 I'd be fine with that because that's mm. apart from probably two being my mates and one being me <laughs> when I download obviously auto downloads because I'm subscribed to my own podcast on my phone <laughs> to make sure everything comes through and stuff fine but even if if 17 of those people listen to it and five of them love it that's fine what, why is it yeah. you know well, it's, it's, the, it's the quality that's important mm. and it's also uh, it's also the, the quality of the listeners that's important as yeah. well I, th- I think um, a lot of people listen to podcasts casually and you know a lot of podca- podcasts you can listen to forget about it delete it and then carry on with your life yeah. whereas um, you know if you've got people listening to your show who are really listening and it, if you if you're creating something and it means some you know it really means something to them yeah yeah it's better to have 10 people like that than have 100 people who just listen and then discard it and forget about it yeah in my yeah opinion. i totally agree yeah and it's nice to see with um we talked about this a little bit before as well with um how niche podcasts are some yeah. of them like obviously my one um is quite a generic sort of uh you know talk with anyone who's interesting so it's kind of every relatively every genre kind of mix yours even though it is quite unique it's easy in that sense to to genre in the sense of okay music comedy storytelling wonderful but when it comes to like there's certain ones which um this is quite easy to to explain to someone but the the how niche it is is like there's one on the brit pod scene uh, network which i'm a part of and it's um it's called sabrina the teenage watch 
And it's literally it's three people. Um, I, I can't remember if they're all guys or not, but um, they just watch every episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And it sounds when I heard about it because I, I did. Um, I said to my give it a listen. We reviewed each other's shows and stuff. And I gave it a listen. I was proper surprised how good it was because they like they don't take it too seriously. And it's not like three people who are completely in love with Sabrina. And it's the best. It's just three guys who just listen watching Sabrina the Teenage Witch and laughing about the silliness of it, having little inside jokes about certain characters. Yeah. And there's other things. So it's like. I didn't even consider when I started podcasting. I hadn't even thought that there would could even be a Sabrina the Teenage Witch podcast about that old show. And it's like it's crazy, and it's it's great to see so many people just doing whatever they want. I mean, there's yeah the uh, we mentioned I think earlier Susie. She's got the Casual Birder podcast. She just talks about birds. She often goes on bird walks mm. and listens. And you can if you listen to a podcast, you listen to a lot of the recordings from the bird walks, and she identifies birds. She talks about them, and it's like. It's such a nice podcast. It's it's really pleasant, and she's got such a nice voice. It's so cool that all these people have got this this platform and this voice now, you know. And the, there there are plenty of people who'd be interested in hearing that as yeah. well. You know, uh, 100%. you know, it's it's uh, it's a it's a big passion for a lot of people. Um, yeah. But you know, if you try pitching like a, a bird watching show to like a radio network or something oh, yeah. like that, that's <laughs> <a shame laughs> no chance. Yeah, caught BBC. <laughs> I've got a show. What is it? it was uh, it's a woman who speaks about birds for about an hour. So. Well, to be honest, a lot of our episodes are really 15 minutes, half an hour. But still, like, a lot of these radio shows, that's one of the issues I have. One of the things, let's flip that. Instead of complaining about the issues, having the things I like about stuff, is um, what I like about the new medium of the internet is everyone's got a choice to, to release stuff. And there's no... Like with this show, for example, if, I, if, if this was, say, in the early 90s or maybe the 80s, the only way I'd be able to get this out anywhere is if someone, either, as you say, a radio show presenter or a television network or some sort of corporation with some sort of power and money, unless they picked it up, I wouldn't be really be able to do this unless I had a lot of money. And like my own yes. way of broadcasting my own radio show, and even that, well, the complication of that, this is quite easy in comparison. So it's nice to, for the big conglomerate corporations who have obviously control of the music industry, as I'm sure you're because uh, you like a lot of the independent artists, a lot of the stuff in the pop music and the pop charts and stuff mm. is a bit... Not all of it's bad, obviously. I think a lot of it is quite good, but there is also quite a unfortunately substantial amount that I personally don't like. <laughs> yes. And I think that it takes... I think music is a type of art, and art should be either it should make you feel something, it should be something no one else can do, or it yeah. can be sort of unique. That's the kind of the things that I find about it. And like, yeah. if you go to art galleries... I want to see something, if I could draw it, but it's something I could never have even fathomed, that's fine. But when I go to art galleries and see, you know, those canvases of like one thing and it's just one colour of blue paint, just up and down constantly, it's worth loads of money. I'm like, mm. yeah, but anyone can do that. It doesn't make you feel anything. It doesn't mean anything. Whereas you get someone who can draw like a really great portrait of someone and it's not worth as much because it's, yeah, the, the whole thing of art kind of bothers me a bit. And I just find with your show, what's great about it is you're shining light on some of the artists, which don't have loads of money to spend on promotion and don't have the spotlight on them but still deserve recognition for how brilliant they are you know yeah and, and I, I totally agree with what you said about um, music should make you feel something and I, I think that's the, the the biggest distinction that I would make between um, you know a, most of the independent music that's out there and most of the sort of mainstream music that out, that's out there is that my, you know, I, I I don't really listen to stuff that's in the charts, so I, I, I can't really comment on whether it's good or whether it's bad. So, but, but, um, or the, the stuff that I hear, you know, because my wife's got a very different taste to music than me, so she kind of blasts out all the, you know, she, she buys all the 
now albums and stuff oh, like that. Oh, I see. And um, uh, you know, the, the, you know, so I, I've listened to all of that stuff, and the, the only objection that I've got to it is is on a on, on a technical level, I suppose. I find that a lot of it is just overproduced mm. when you have all these sort of like filters. Where it's like um, it's like a filtered vocal, so it doesn't sound. It sounds like a machine singing the song for yeah, you, you know. Yeah. And it doesn't sound like you're playing a guitar. It sounds like you're you're sort of playing it through like through like a sort of a you know through a machine through a computer. Yeah, like and, a synth or something. Um, you know, and and I'm not against electronic. I, you know, I love electronic music. Uh, that's you know a, a, a big you know, passion of mine. I, I play a lot of you know techno and drum and bass and stuff like that on on the Ragbag podcast. Um, but I, I, the the thing about those genres of music is that it really sort of makes you feel something. I mean, I, I know a lot of people that, that listen to a techno record and, and it just literally just sound like, <laughs> what is this? Yeah, you know. But but uh, you know, so if you're not feeling it, I can understand why people would react in that way. Um, but that's my personal experience of it, and you know, like I was saying, my, my personal experience of a lot of kind of commercial music is that I listen to some things, and like that—that's actually quite a good song. It's just a shame that it's been produced in that way, and it's a shame that it's been like made to sound like every other record. Yeah, that, that's that because it, it could sound like a unique song. I'm not thinking of any any song in particular when yeah. I'm saying this. It's just that there are certain songs that I've heard in the last few years yeah, that, just... that, that, that could have been you know, classic tunes, but it's just, um, you know, I, I just sound like an old man now. Don't well, to be honest, if you look at it in this way, uh, people can compare it to um, movies, for example. Yeah, There's yeah. a few movies out. Uh, one of them is called, um, I watched fairly recently, it's with uh, Ryan Reynolds and uh, Jeff Bridges. It's called uh, R.I.P.D., which is Rest okay. in Peace Department. Uh, I've not seen that. Yeah, it's, it's not that great. I wouldn't recommend it. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, the idea of it, it's like these two cops, one of them, it's basically a cop, he dies, but then he becomes a cop in this, like... Uh, the next plane of existence but it's basically the same as it is now but there's demons and stuff everywhere and um, there's certain elements of it that are really really cool but the storyline doesn't really make a lot of sense the director in my opinion didn't really do a great job of a lot of the things and it has had this the when you hear if you're into those sort of movies and you watch the trailer and stuff it sounds like this could be a really cool over the top mindless funny action movie which is what I really want with, with Jeff Bridges and Ryan Reynolds running around in some sort of crazy thing I don't want anything deep I want ridiculousness and silliness and funniness but the problem is is what Jeff Bridges said in after making it and it flopped a bit Jeff Bridges said yeah the reason for this is because the, uh, the the corporations the, uh, the people who are basically producing it and stuff he said they had a hand in it the movie studio basically had the big hand in it they basically wouldn't let uh, the director do all the creative things he wanted to do. He cut out a lot of stuff the writers wanted to do. And he said it ended up just being this corporate shell of a movie with no soul to it. And that's mm. why it ended up being so crap. And he was like, because the producers had their hands in it and had this core cool idea. And they take out these three things that make it unique. Or they, one example is, um, well, an example thing is like, uh, one of my friends said, like, okay, here's this brilliantly unique thing, okay, that I've, some music that I've made that's perfect, unique, and different. And the producers go, wow, I love this because it's so unique and brilliant. But what I think we should do is we'll take off those three bits and we'll put in these three bits and then we'll smooth off that bit and then we'll add in another bit. And then by the time they've had their hand in it, it just sounds the exact same as everything else. And it's like, well, why did you pick them up for being unique if you're just going to... And it does it with movies, and they do it with music, and it does it with a lot of things. It is like, let creatives be creative. Stop... Yeah you know doing that and I think a lot more independent artists would really benefit if a lot of record labels kind of let people do what they want a bit more rather than forcing them to do things like that you know 
Yeah, and it and it's and it's wrong to think that, that it's not going to be commercially successful because you're you're taking that approach, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, my my favourite band of all time, uh, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Okay. And they you know they're on a major label. They they play in stadiums. They they every time an album comes out, it you know is a hit. Yeah. And but. You know, he's doing what he wants to do. You know, he's he's writing the songs that he wants to write. He's not making any compromises musically, and he's not, um, you know, being dictated to by. And you know, he's he's reached a point in his career where he doesn't have to listen to what anybody says yeah. about about. about um, That's the dream. <laughs> uh, you can't do this. You can't do that. Well, you know. Um, yeah, I'm Nick Cave. I can do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, well that's the dream of all of us, isn't it? Like that's. I was talking to someone, um, and they said, "Oh, if my," they asked me, like, "If if genuine chit chat got picked up by like uh, a radio show or if someone?" No, that was it. Sorry, a friend of mine basically said the BBC in Southampton uh, was doing this thing where they said podcasters uh, or people into podcasting, you know, apply for this job. You can help sort out things on the radio and whatnot. And I was I was umming and ahhing about it, and I ended up not applying for it. Not that I would have got it anyway, but I ended up not applying for it because I was thinking. It, with this podcast, for example, um, if I if I had to adhere to what for the BBC would want me to do, or someone else like have some sort of higher power in a sense, what I want to do, I think half the conversations I've had just so far in the last year, I wouldn't have been able to have because there's certain opinions I have on things which I don't think should be controversial, but kind of are. I mean, I have opinions about uh, drug reform, I have opinions about hunting, I have opinions about quite a few things, and it's it's not that I'm saying I'm right about these opinions, anyone else is wrong. I just think. If someone has a different opinion to you and things, you should be able to at least talk about it with someone. Yeah. But a lot of these places, like a lot of radio stations, because they get paid money from sponsors, the sponsors say, right, you can do all this, but you can't mention, I don't know, hunting, because we are this, uh, with this company, we're all for animal rights, and I'm for animal rights as well, personally, but it's like, so we're really, really anti-hunting, so we won't be associated with anything to do with hunting. If you even mention it, we won't, we'll unsponsor you, or take the sponsorship out. And when you have that kind of power, the problem is, it ends up, you don't have to censor your own show, and it reduces the quality of the, of the content. And I'd rather have this than, you know, get paid a bit and be able to have this sort of shell of the show that I really want, you know? That's exactly what uh, you were saying. Uh, but yeah, I mean, another reason, another thing about you, which is really interesting, I didn't know until today, was that you're an author. Yes, yes, yeah. I am. And yeah. <laughs> so you've, um, did you say that you went, did you go to college and university or did you go to college? I, or? I went to university, I was, I did English literature at university and I, I did a master's degree in creative writing also. Oh wow, um, so you got so, a master's degree, that's crazy. Yes, yeah. No, nicely done. Well, um, how, what, out of interest, I'm not trying to show your age, but did you have to pay for any of that out of interest? Um, I paid, um, well, when I was, a, I was a student, um, I was born at slightly the wrong time because I was, when I first went to university, it was when they first started, it was, they just scrapped the student grants and they just sort of, student loans had properly just taken off and tuition fees we're starting to kind of build up and build up. So, um, yeah, so I, I paid uh, tuition fees for my degree and yeah. I did my master's degree at the University of Tista and I only paid some of my tuition fees because I had a job there. Oh, and okay. the, the university's policy was that you paid 50% fees if you were a member of staff. Oh, which okay. Which is quite good. That is pretty cool, yeah. Yeah. So, what, um, had you, what kind of made you get into writing, I'm interested? Like, uh, you said you've, you've released a couple of books and things, and you've got a couple in the, in the making and things as well. I was just interested what, what kind of drove you to write your first one, essentially? Oh, it's just, I've been interested since I was a child, and it's just from, you know, from doing uh, 
writing stories at school from a young age. I was just really into it, and that was my favourite thing to do when I was at school. So, yeah. and I started doing it in my spare time when I was a teenager, and yeah, I've just sort of been doing it ever since, really. Wow. Yeah. Um, primarily, I'm like a fiction writer, so. Uh, I had a book that came out in 2009 called A History of Sarcasm, which is a short story collection. Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm still pretty pleased with that. Yeah. Um, and I've got a book that's hopefully forthcoming quite soon, which is a novel called 100. Mm-hmm. And yes. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, what I'll do, <clears throat> we spoke about it briefly before the podcast, yeah. but what I have to do is once, you're, um, once you decide to release uh, the 100 and, thing, or 100 and things like that, um, we can try and have another podcast, do a little promo thing. We'll talk a lot more about in depth about uh, your books and um, all that sort of other things like that as well because that'll be I'd be really interested to hear about that but I'll um I'll make a note and I'll send you a message after the show and stuff and we'll um I'll get a link to your um some, some of your works and obviously your podcast and all that sort of other jazz because I think awesome. uh, even if one or two people here and are interested that would be wonderful because yeah. I think more people should listen to your podcast and well, I imagine I've read your books obviously so I'd imagine that imagine they're great so oh they are yeah they're there wonderful. we go <laughs> totally not biased opinion <laughs> awesome well um yeah I mean hopefully yeah, if we can do a future podcast I'd love to talk to you about uh, the, the books and that as well but um one of the things that uh when we discussed it uh, quite a few months ago before we planned to meet specifically was um one of the reasons that people may uh, vaguely recognize yourself not from uh, podcasting but um was it a documentary you were in at edinburgh um no i was do- i was uh I, w- I did a um sort of stand up comedy slash storytelling show mm-hmm. uh, which is part of uh, bbc ouch mm-hmm. um which was on the tv and it was on the bbc ouch, ouch podcast as well mm-hmm. and it was me telling a story about having epilepsy and uh, it was kind of a funny thing that happened to me while I was um, kind of in recovery from uh, having had a, a pretty horrendous experience of having seizures several times a day. Wow. And um, I got a new diagnosis of a thing called um, non-epileptic attack syndrome. So I was originally diagnosed with epilepsy and now I was re-diagnosed with this new condition. And... Um, I saw a, um, what did they call him? Um, um, some kind of therapist anyway. And um, yeah, he taught me various different techniques about how to kind of overcome these attacks that I was getting. And they include doing sort of uh, strange things like uh, patting your head and rubbing your stomach. Oh, and okay. um, sort of engaging the uh, left side of the brain with the right side of the brain. Mm. And... Um, I was doing things like uh, you doing like memory exercises. So I was doing all of this in a, in a in a pub once, and a couple of guys came up to me, and there was a, a, a kind of a funny misunderstanding about um, what I was up to, and um, we ended up just sort of shouting out names of Al Pacino films, and, uh, <laughs> and, and they just thought I was doing it because I was into trivia. Oh, I see. Just like, there's a guy in a pub who's really into trivia, just yelling out random things. I see. Yes. Um, so yeah. So I told that story in uh, in uh, Edinburgh, and it was on the TV, and it's on YouTube. Um, so you can watch that if you like. But um, yeah, I mean the. the uh, I'd like to tell the, uh, the the longer version of that story, I, if that's yeah, okay. Yeah, I'd love because, to. Um, I'll just quickly say, was this... Um, I saw, I think, on your Facebook, was it a year today that you did it? Yes, it was How a year. was a weird um, coincidence. It was, well, yeah, I mean, it was recorded um, on the 7th of August last year. Yeah. Um, uh, and today's the 8th of August, so, wow. yes, a year ago. Very close, um, very yes. close. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, and then it, it went out on the TV in, like, um, a 
October or something like that because that's the way these things these things uh, work. But, yeah. Um, well, I'd love I'd love to hear the big story. Let's go on to that because I honestly I know so little about epilepsy or anything or the, the the syndrome that you just mentioned. I don't know anything about that, so I'm gonna let you go ahead. I'd love to I'd love to hear about this, man. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, um, I. I the actual there's, there's a little prologue to this um, story of mine, which is um, which will make sense when when we come, <laughs> when we come to it. But um, Happy, yeah. when I was at school, we had um, there's a, a doctor came to kind of talk to the kids to answer various different questions that we might have had about medical stuff. Yeah, and um, one of the things that came up was we were talking about kind of veins and arteries and stuff like that, and how the circulatory system. And like, what would happen if, if like you like cut your hands off or something like that? that, that you know, it, and, and it suddenly got really gruesome. And the doctor was saying, like, well, what if you burst an artery? The blood flow would be so heavy you would hit the ceiling. And I, I was, I, I just suddenly got, I was really shocked by this. You know, I was, I was, I was, I was only like eight years old. Yeah. And um. And I went home that day, and I was kind of like, "Oh, well, what if I burst an artery in my sleep, or something?" You know. <laughs> and um, so, and since then, kind of bleeding to death has been like my biggest. I'm not going to call it a phobia because it's not. It's not a phobia, but it's like you know, you know, like people have like a fear of what. What's your biggest fear? My biggest fear is bleeding to death. Yeah. Some people would have a fear of heights or a fear of drowning, or you know. Um, and so it's something that's always kind of been in my head as being something that's like really genuinely scary. I wouldn't want that to happen to me. Um, <laughs> and um, and it would be very unfortunate if it did happen to me because I wouldn't do it. You know, I know people do that to themselves deliberately if they're suicidal and stuff like that. And um, but you know, if I was suicidal, that wouldn't be the way that I would choose. That yeah. that, that wouldn't be my method. Yeah. yeah. Um, because. Um, because I don't like that. And anyway, um, so um, fast forward to me at the age of 28. That's a bit of a leap. Yeah, oh yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. You're still thinking about that when you're 28? Um, yeah. yeah, well, uh, funnily enough, I was. Uh, what happened was um, kind of, um, I suddenly started getting these um, visions, for want of a better word. Um, I mean, they call them hallucinations, but it's not like you're literally seeing something. It's basically like a really sort of sharp, really vivid, like mental image. Mm. It was suddenly flashing to my head, like I'd be walking down the street, I'd be on the train, I'd be sat at work or something like that. And suddenly I'd have this really sort of, sort of powerful kind of image of my wrist being cut. Right. And it, it, you know, it almost, it was almost like seeing it happen, you know? Yeah. And, um, so, and it really sort of, you know, jarred me, and uh, and then, but then that would be it. That, uh, that it would go away. It would just be a little kind of flash of something. And it would disappear again, and and I'd be like, "What was that? Where did that come from? What what just happened to me then?" And then later in the day, it would happen again, and so that was happening sort of with like increasing regularity. It was happening quite a lot, you know, several times a day. And no idea what it was. I was just sort of, um, my attitude was at the time, I was doing my master's degree actually at the time as well, oh, okay. so I was quite busy. Yeah, um, I can imagine quite stressed and, as um, well. Uh, so, I, and I was like, well, I haven't really got time to deal with this, but for one thing, and I, I'm just, yeah, it'll go off on it. That's, that's a on. very and, um, stereotypical man way of Yeah, 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 it's just like, oh, this is fine. <laughs> oh, it's blow it fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, it carried on. So, like, eventually I, I kind of went to the doctors with it and said, you know, uh, I don't know what words to use here, but I 
genuinely think I'm going mad because um, uh, I'm I'm kind of seeing things, um, you know, really scary things happening, and I don't feel like I'm suicidal, but I feel like I'm having visions of myself committing suicide. Mm. Um, which uh, so so it doesn't make any sense to me at all, and like you know, and they they were saying that to me that they were kind of anxiety attacks that I was having, which, which would you know, uh, uh, as you say, it was quite a stressful time because it was yeah. um, I was I had a lot of work on, yeah, but um, you know, it was uh, at the same time I was doing what I wanted to do with my life, you know, so yeah. it was like um, I, I wasn't uh, I wasn't really all that stressed, um, and so that that didn't quite explain it for me and they were saying well well we can put you on antidepressants and stuff so i, I was saying well, I, I really don't think it's that i don't feel like i'm depressed yeah and i don't feel like um i feel like there's something that you're missing here you know um and i kind of gave up with it in the end I, I wasn't getting the answers from the doctors that i wanted and and unfortunately so so these symptoms just sort of carried on carried on um finished my master's degree um got a job um, I was working as a disability advisor, um, which uh, sort of um, conveniently enough, I was becoming disabled as it turns out um, <laughs> at the same time. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, long story short, I was I was I was eventually uh, diagnosed with epilepsy. It was uh, okay. determined that it was uh, an epilepsy symptom. Um, temporal lobe epilepsy was the original diagnosis. Right. And uh, as it turns out people with epilepsy hallucinate i didn't know that i didn't know and, that um, <laughs> but but not not all people yeah and um kind of l later on in the job because i worked in disability for quite a long time i started out as a support worker and i sort of went went into i, I used the term disability advisor my actual job title was access assessor but when i say that that means nothing to, to most yeah, people so, known, yeah, so. <laughs> so um yeah so i was i was um so I was in a position where I, I was I was doing kind of workplace like assessments for people who had various different um, disabilities, and epilepsy was one of them. And I was kind of the go-to guy for epilepsy okay. in that department because I I was diagnosed with it, and yeah. uh, so I, I knew various things about it. And I ended up doing kind of uh, these little training courses, like epilepsy awareness training courses. So I kind of I, I learnt quite a lot about disability just from researching that, and. Um, the, uh, the there's two kind of key facts that I'll mention off the back of that because these are kind of the 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 little take home messages that that I like to put across. Yeah. Um, a couple of little stats for you. I do um, love little tidbits of information. So, so. Um, uh, what percentage of people in um, Britain or indeed the world have got epilepsy? What would you reckon? Uh, eight percent. Oh well, blimey! No, it's it's one. Ah. Uh, but so, um, <laughs> way, way over, I was just thinking of something ridiculous, like huge. But that's 100 people with epilepsy, considering all the other yeah. different think conditions people have. That's yeah, like so a it's, lot. One, it's one in 100 people. So, I mean, um, you know, if if you think you don't know anyone with epilepsy, you're probably wrong about that. You probably do. You probably know at least 100 people. Yeah, yeah, And But, you know, it may not be diagnosed as such. And mm. um, one of the reasons for that is that epilepsy takes lots of different forms. And in, in my case, it was very difficult to diagnose because... It's, it wasn't clear that that's what what the uh, what the symptoms were. So, um, yeah, I mean, th there are different types of seizure. Basically, 
when I because my sister's got epilepsy as well, and okay. she, she's had it since she was a teenager. So um, there's kind of family, they... uh, just, just me and her. Okay. So, um, but 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 she had the one that everybody knows about. So like um, her seizures are basically she falls on the floor and goes unconscious and convulses. Yeah. Uh, tonic clonic seizures as they are as they are known, and that's what I thought epilepsy was. That's what I and, thought um, it was. Yeah. Yeah. But um, the uh, the the number of people with epilepsy who have that particular type of seizure is only one in ten. Oh, okay, so it's basically almost point one percent of people have yeah. the epilepsy in the world that people know generally about. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't think of it like that actually. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah, it's one in a hundred people who've got it, and one in ten of those people who have tonic-clonic seizures. Oh, I see. And okay. the, the rest of the people with epilepsy, it takes different forms: um, partial seizures, um, various different types. I mean, like I say, like hallucinations is one thing mm. and um there's hallucinations take different forms as well you can you can you can if you've got temporal lobe epilepsy a hallucination can take a, a visual form it can take a, an auditory form so you can like suddenly hear noises hear noises that aren't there oh wow or you can smell things oh, okay and you can smells are very closely triggered to memory as well which is interesting yeah yeah so but i mean you know uh, it's it's like uh, I, I guess it's pretty low level stuff, but I mean you might be walking along and suddenly you smell onions, and you'd be like, oh yeah, that's my epilepsy playing up again. I'm smelling oh, wow. onions. Or oh no, there's some onions there. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's uh, it's just them onions over there. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, I mean this is a, this was all uh, you know new information to me. Yeah. I and um, yeah. So when I was. Um, they, they 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 test you for because I I I went to see various different professionals before this was actually you know determined to be the case and I eventually had like a mental health assessment. I saw a psychiatrist. The psychiatrist had no idea what was wrong with me, and um, so it was it was a very disillusioning experience. Yeah. Just going so we went through all these different sort of uh, you know options of what what it could be, what it is, what it, what it isn't, what it could be, what what it couldn't be, and. Um, I mean, she literally said to me, I don't know what's wrong with you. Oh, good. That's um, a nice thing to So do. I was like, okay. All right. Cheers, mate. <laughs> um, bye. So then, so, so then I, off I went. And um, I was at work. A couple of days later, the psychiatrist phoned me up. And I was, I was, you know, just sitting at work. And, like, she phoned me up and said, actually, it's just occurred to me. I think it might be this thing called temporal lobe epilepsy. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. And um, so... Uh, I, I, but things happened quite quickly after that. I, w- I went in to um, uh, get tested. So, like, they, they, they strap, like, something to your head to, like, uh, measure your kind of brainwave activity yeah. and um, to check that you haven't got photosensitive epilepsy, which is the, 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 the sensitivity to flashing lights. Yeah. They uh, get a strobe light and stick it in your face. Okay. <laughs> Jeez, that's a good thing that you didn't, isn't it? God. It is a good thing that I didn't because, um, <laughs> you know... God. Just uh, how old were you at this age then? Because you say you finished. Was I was 20. 20? Well, well, no, I think I was because uh, I, I had I had about two years of, of being undiagnosed and having to deal with these hallucinations all the time. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, that that was a very difficult time in my life. You know, it was um, it was because it, it wasn't something that can be easily explained to other people, yeah. and I certainly didn't tell people about it very yeah, much. You know. So, because I was keeping all of this to myself, and uh, and particularly in the job I was working in, I was I was I was I met like so many different types of people as, as part of the job. So you know, um, and I just had to keep it all locked up, you know. Um, 
and uh, suddenly I had this diagnosis and then I could just, uh, once I had a name for it, I could suddenly tell everybody that I knew about it. <laughs> well, well, you know, I, I didn't want to be one of those guys. Who, Wording badge uh, saying. Hi, uh, my name's Frank, I've got epilepsy, how are you? you know? um, yeah, but um, it, 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 it became much, much easier to talk about having had a diagnosis and having a name for it and having, um, you know, potential treatment options for it. And um, they actually put me on these epilepsy drugs, which uh, which actually got rid of the hallucinations, which was, which was oh, good. A um, couple of years after that, I started having these new um, partial seizures, as they're called. So, like, um, I'd just be walking along and suddenly I'd, I'd sort of, kind of lose control a little bit i'd go dizzy i'd have to sit down and i wouldn't be able to walk for about half an hour okay. so it's wow. kind of like being like semi-conscious you know yeah and, and it can happen at any time so it's like the equivalent of, of falling on the floor and going and having a blackout yeah, yeah, yeah but it's like you know uh um a partial version of that so, so uh, when you start having these so Prior to this point, when you were yeah. having the uh, the sort of visions in a sense, or yeah. of that, was were you having any seizures of any kind like that, or was it just the visual? No, no, I was just having the. I mean, if, if I was having uh, other types of seizure, I think it probably would have been a lot easier to diagnose then. Yeah. Um, it's just the fact that it was this this one very specific uh, symptom that I was having, yeah. which uh, which is. I should mention also that I think the reason why it was difficult to diagnose was that those hallucinations that I was having are, are very, they're, they're not typical, they're not a typical hallucination, that they're not the sort of hallucination that a person with temporal lobe epilepsy would usually have. Yes. I've been told that um, that uh, a lot of people like see sort of like, um, like, like get like a burning uh, thing going on so like I'd be looking at you and like your hair would be on fire or oh, something okay. or, or, or it wouldn't necessarily your hair be on fire but you'd have like a glow around you or something like that oh, okay. um, like seeing lights you know that that sort of thing yeah um, but yeah I mean see, seeing seeing your wrist being cut is like oh, a, an be... odd one in fact every single doctor that I've seen and talk talks about this have yeah. said yeah, I've never heard of that before. Really? Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. You're, they keep telling me I'm interesting. You're an interesting case, uh, Frank. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, well, I, 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 thanks for the compliment. You're good well. <laughs> It's like, oh, thanks. Oh, man. Um, yeah, so... So you're having these... Uh, so you start having, obviously... So the symptoms went away for a bit because you had a new medication, the, uh, the sort of hallucinations. Yes. And then, you say, a couple of years later, you then start having... Yeah, I started having these seizures. partial seizures where I was, uh, yeah, just sort of, and they, they can strike at any time, so it would just be like, it always seemed to be, I was working in London at the time, and it always seemed to be when I was on the tube, or, or getting the train or something like that, I was kind of like out and about, Yeah. Um, and I'd just have to, you know, just sort of sit down and wait for it to wear off, and yeah. then and then that would be it really, I mean... Um, it's good. That, I mean, uh, one good thing that's come out of it, to be honest with you, is that you, you do when you're in these sort of situations where where you need help from strangers. Uh, even in London, which has a bad reputation for for people being unfriendly and being unhelpful, yeah. to, but 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 you know, people are there and they're willing to help you if you ask for it. That's nice. Um, yeah. You know, and, yeah. It's just like you know, and you know, I was out with my kids once and. Um, uh, I, I I need to sit down, and I was. Um, I mean, look, 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 luckily, um, like um, 
my children never really saw me having these things uh, very often and they, they were very young at the time anyway so they wouldn't have understood what it was anyway um, but yeah I mean I was out with my kids like in a cafe and like um, like the lady who was running the cafe just like came up to me and like sat, looked after my kids uh, like you know while I just sort of came around from it and then yeah. uh, you know it was just she didn't have to do that. She could well, have. Yeah, she, yeah. She, 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 could, she could have said, "Well, uh, can you leave, please?" Yeah, <laughs> you know, the the yeah. Well, it's not bright side of humans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's one. And yeah. So what, once you had, uh, so you had these seizures and things. Obviously, mm. uh, how long from from you having these new ones did it take? Uh, did you still have? So trying to figure out the timeline almost of um, so you, you're having uh, hallucinations then uh, you got some t- tablets for them yeah. they went away for a bit then you started having these seizures then uh, yes. you obviously went to the doctors and things like um, that they, they were happening fairly infrequently so they were, they were quite easy to um, it was quite easy to get on with my life you know yeah. I, just every now and again um, I'd have one of these uh, episodes it'd take a couple of days to recover from because like um I think just all all kind of the sort of uh, mental activity that goes along with it yeah. is that um, you know you're not having the same sort of like uh, convulsive stuff, but your brain's kind of doing all sorts of stuff while this is happening. So um, yeah, you're basically knocked out for a couple of days. So um, wow. you know, I, I was you know I had a few absences from work and stuff like that as a result of it, but it, it wasn't anything that was too much of a concern. Yeah. Um, but then suddenly it started being every day, and then it started being several times a day oh wow and it got to a point where i couldn't leave the house you know uh, because what was the point yeah you know, I, you know I, I couldn't i couldn't really do anything uh, we ended up uh, myself and my wife we, we had a young my, my son i'd only just been born pretty much you know he was less than one i think at the time um so we ended up moving in with my parents like me and my wife and my two kids uh kind of moved up we were living in Hampshire. We moved up to Lancashire just for like for a few weeks. Ended up living up there. I couldn't work, and I uh, couldn't really look after the kids. Couldn't really do anything. Um, and um, eventually, I, I got some tests done in hospital, and it was sort of confirmed that the seizures that I was having weren't like um, epileptic in nature. They were they're known as non-epileptic seizures right. and I didn't know that was a thing either yeah. I didn't know what a non-epileptic seizure is but yeah. apparently it is a thing okay. and it's not something that can be treated with epilepsy drugs right, that makes and, sense. and the thing is they were giving me all of these drugs to try and treat it and the drugs weren't doing anything because that, that that's not how you treat these seizures yeah yeah um so yeah so that that's where all of this all of this stuff with the uh with the uh with the mind games comes in and the um and the uh, sort of patting your head and rubbing your stomach and doing maths yeah. and um, to kind of get rid of the seizure. And, uh, and uh, the, the funny thing is it worked, you know. Mm. Um, so I, I don't even have to think about it anymore. But, I mean, I trained myself out of it by um, if I felt a seizure was coming on, um, you know, uh, I'd, I'd start sort of doing maths in my head or st- start kind of, um, you know, like I was saying in... Uh, the, the story that I told at the BBC, naming Al Pacino films, yeah, and um, and it it would literally get rid of the seizure, yeah, and yes. and I don't have them anymore, and, it, and it, I'm not on medication, and I, I, and medication. I can drive, yeah, um, which I, I I wasn't able to drive for a good few years once I was uh, once I was diagnosed with epilepsy, yeah, um, you know you immediately you have to surrender your driving license because you're not 
you're not safe to to drive a car. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just a slight little tangent is um, at my I work as an insurance broker. I, okay. do, I do motor claims and stuff like that. So I just sort out yeah businesses and we sort out have accidents. I sort out all the paperwork and who's at fault and stuff. And there there was one which was um, a lady had. Uh, she had an epi- she had a seizure uh, while driving. Yeah. She didn't know she was epileptic or anything. Yeah, uh, and she just had one while driving, caused an incident. Uh, if I recall, uh, her and Evelyn involved was fine, which is you know, nice. But it is there's a lot of things people don't think about with these certain conditions and stuff. Is once you get diagnosed with it, obviously, even if the diagnosis is incorrect, then you still have got that over your head and you've got that yeah. to deal with that in your life. So, so what with the, with the exercises and things like that? Did you? Do you go to one specific like specialist and they taught you these things, or did you look online, or what was the sort of? Oh no, I, w- I was referred to a specialist, okay. and um, yeah, I mean he he was great, you know he 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 um, he was able to explain it very clearly and um, put it in very simple terms, um, and for me it worked, you know, um, it was uh, yeah completely changed my life yeah uh, but back to kind of uh, back to being healthy again yeah uh, from from being completely yeah like I say un- unable to leave the house unable to do anything because um, I was yeah just knocked out how long ago was that have you kind of air quotes been the all clear oh um that was um let's see I think 20 uh 2016 I want to say oh yeah wow, I'd like okay. to say uh yeah and end of end of 2016 yeah yeah, so definitely yeah. quite recent. And that's yeah. Obviously, I imagine how you got on. How, how interest? How did you get into contact with the BBC? How, how did that kind of? Oh, um, oh, I, I should say I used to work for the BBC. Um, oh, so okay. I um, and I um, I was a support worker for a lot, a, a few of the people who work on the on for BBC Ouch, which oh, is the okay. um, kind of the uh, the disability strand of kind of the, the part of BBC News, and they've got like their own sort of uh, section of the BBC website, and they've got a podcast. And um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's run by disabled people. Uh, the, okay. pro- the producers, the journalists, the presenters—they've all got disabilities. Oh, and, um, that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's great. I mean, it's one of those things that not very many people know about. But yeah, I didn't know about that at all. I have to—I'll make a note of that. I have to link to it and things because that sounds—it's called Ouch, you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, they're they're doing the TV show again uh, this year. Um, so. Uh, that, that it may well be happening as we speak. Yeah, that'd um, be interesting. Yeah, and in, in fact, um, uh, a guy who was on, uh, you know, a lot of people will have heard of this guy now. Um, he was on with me last year uh, as part of that show. His name's Lee Ridley, also known as Lost Voice Guy. Right. Uh, he went on to win Britain's Got Talent. Oh, really? Um, okay. Yes, so he's had a good year. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. And now he's presenting the show this year. It, oh. he's, he's the compare for that show. Oh, I um, see. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Oh, that's crazy, yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking about all the... There's a lot of diseases and things as well, disease conditions that people have that we really don't understand. I mean, fortunately, we live in 2018, and obviously medical uh, science is getting so much better now, but it's like... How much do we not know already uh, about everything, and how much do we think we know and we don't? I mean, mm. I know it's a slightly different uh, thing. Once again, it's another tangent. But um, I was watching a, a video uh, the other day about uh, Alzheimer's, and they've mm. said that there's a study that came out. I think it was only a few weeks ago, maybe it was a couple of months ago now, um, and it was saying Alzheimer's. They used to think was uh, there was like a certain thing that caused it. And it, it was really, really layman's terms because I don't understand much about Alzheimer's. But like from what I got from this video, it was basically uh, when you have Alzheimer's, a certain 
uh, like protein gets kind of made or some sort of thing. And when that builds up too much, it can cause issues. That was the mm. really, really baseline general thing of understanding it. But what they've actually come up with now is they think that that is a symptom of it, not the cause. Right. And they think that it's actually quite likely, a lot of the studies they've done, and they still have a lot of work to do on it, obviously, as well. But they think that one of the causes or one of the contributing causes of Alzheimer's may be a viral thing because mm. they had this thing where certain people had uh, these certain viruses or also had the similar symptoms of things like Alzheimer's and stuff. Yeah. So it's, things like that, it's like you go back even you know, 50 years, you go back 100 years, you go back 200 years, you think medical science people used to put leeches on everything. <laughs> and they used to think, heartburn? Have a leech. <laughs> so it's like, so it, it does make me wonder of like when you said that you were sort of misdiagnosed and then for a while people didn't fully know what you had because you have, you know, the there's the, temp, uh, the 1% and then the 10% of that 1% and then also no one had heard of uh, the sort of type that you had as well. It was like, I wonder what other things people are uh, suffering with, which they're either being uh, wrongly medicate incorrectly medicated mm. for which was not their fault or being misdiagnosed completely like, I, yeah. I wonder well i suspect with epilepsy in particular there's there must be a lot of people who have been misdiagnosed with because yeah. um, i was misdiagnosed I, I was told that i had uh, anxiety right. um, i was having anxiety attacks oh, okay and I was it's, thinking it, it's only that. because i turned around and said no i'm not that's, uh, yeah, I could have easily said, okay, oh, well, g- give me some Valium then or whatever you yeah. want to give me and I'll take that. Exactly. Um, you know, and that, that there's probably, you know, I don't know how many people have, who are in that situation where they've said, oh, yeah, okay, anxiety, thank you, I'll take those drugs. Well, yeah, um, exactly. And, uh, you know. Get, people get told they, the, the doctor thinks they have anxiety and then they think, oh, God, I, I do definitely have anxiety. And then yeah. they, can't, they can't think of anything else. And they go, okay, well, I've definitely got anxiety. And then that can kind of almost... Uh, be self-fulfilling almost you, mm. you then you think yeah. you've got this condition and that makes the condition that you do have worse or it means that you can give yourself what is it Munchausen's I think it is almost where if you think mm. you have something so much you can actually give yourself it essentially yeah. in that sort of way and it's like well that's one of the issues well see we as humans want to put labels on everything um, not only just in medicine which obviously a lot of the time is very important but also mm. socially and things like that and it's it's a weird one because you know People do want to get diagnosed. People want to find out what's in air quotes wrong with them. And they want to, mm. you know, get diagnosed, hopefully get treated and get sorted out. But I think, as you said near the start of the story, it was they tried to give you or they offered you to take some pills. And you, was that the, was that right? Where they were basically... Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, I was I was either being offered antidepressants. I, I, def- I, I was offered antidepressants. And, um, you know, I turned them down because I said, I'm not, I, I honestly, I'm not depressed. Yeah. I don't, I don't feel depressed. Exactly. I, I you know... Because because they thought I was saying that I was suicidal because I was seeing I was seeing my wrist being cut. Yeah. But actually, what what was happening was, and going back to the story that I told you when I was an eight year old boy listening to this doctor talk about arteries getting burst. Yeah. Um, it's just something that really scares me. Yeah. So what what was happening was that um, uh, with the temporal lobe, um, that particular form of epilepsy, it, it taps into kind of uh, that's where your emotions are. That's where your emo- your emotions are uh, located in the temporal lobe. Right. And um, if there's something wrong, if something is misfiring within your temporal lobe, it can set off like a an emotional reaction. In my case, it was fear, right. and I was seeing things that scare me, yeah. and that is like. If, if, if I was going to calculate it, that is the thing that scares me the most. Right. Even though it's like something that's definitely not going to happen to me unless yeah. I'm very unfortunate. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just something that's scared. And, um, you know, but also it's, it's, uh, it's worth uh, mentioning also that um, it can tap into positive emotions as well. 
Oh, so okay. some people who've got uh, temporal lobe epilepsy will have these uh, episodes where they suddenly feel really great. And Whoa, that must you, be very it, peculiar. It, no, yeah, literally it would just be like, um, you know, suddenly you'd just be going, yes! <laughs> oh, no, for no reason at all. Wow. And uh, unfortunately I didn't have that type. Well, yeah, <laughs> people would just think that you're just like uh, psychotically happy. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, that is mad. Because also with... One of the things on on this podcast, one of the things I've yeah. chatted to quite a few people about is um, mental illness. I've had friends, I've got friends rather, that have suffered with anxiety, depression, bipolar, yeah. you know, loads of things in my life have um, been involved with that sort of stuff. And one of the things that I I don't know how I feel about is the the ease of medication being prescribed to people who are depressed or have anxiety about this, mm. that, and the other. Because from what obviously I'm not a doctor or a psychologist, but from what I kind of gather, not necessarily from the epilepsy thing, but even it does kind of work as how you've mm. cured it now, is a lot of the time it's not take pills, it will cure you. When there's mm. certain more easy physical ailments, when it's antibiotics or things like that, even though that's got its whole other can mm. of worms of problems. But when someone has a mental illness or a mental condition, just giving them pills, I find, it can help in certain scenarios. If someone's really, really, really depressed, you can give them these pills, it can bring yes. them up to neutral, and then if they can try and work on something, figure out what's causing a lot of pain or change their lifestyle in a certain way or do certain other different things you can help uh, hinder the blows of the depression Yeah. Uh, but I find that at the moment what we're doing a lot is it's kind of going down a similar train of America unfortunately which is someone feels really really crap and they're like oh man I feel awful today and then they have say two or three weeks of feeling horrendous and then they self-diagnose they have depression when maybe they are just in a really low spot I'm not saying people don't everyone I know with depression is like doing that I'm just saying there are obviously certain people who may be doing that inadvertently and then they go to the doctors they explain the symptoms I mean I've said to my friends I could go to the doctors on a day that I feel really low tell them exactly how I feel and if I said I feel like this all the time they'd give me pills and and then what happens is even if I'm not in air quotes actual clinically depressed I don't have clinical depression but I am just feeling depressed for an X amount of period of time Hmm. then I can put on these pills then I always think I've always depressed so whenever I get sad about anything I can then go this is just the depression playing up I can't do anything about it I have a serotonin imbalance in my brain I just have to deal with being sad and some people I imagine that is the case and there is some people whose whose brains and the chemistry is messed up but from what I can tell from experience I've had with other people and what I've, I've heard is a good percentage of the time is that you can have depression, but the pills are there to be a crutch, not a new leg, in a sense. You know, you yeah, use that. And it, it, to has to, it has to be uh, alongside some something else that's that's making a difference to your life as well. Hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, I, I I used to be completely against. You know, I I was um, b- before I learned more about mental illness and and about depression and things like that. Um, you know, I I, I happened to know quite a bit about having worked with with people with mental oh, health issues and things like that yeah, yeah. um but i mean b- before before that I, I um you know my opinion was my sort of ill-informed opinion i guess was just that you know the doctors will just give you antidepressants because they want you to be addicted to um drugs and it's all being driven by the ph- pharmaceutical companies and yeah. Big pharma. Um, you know and uh, it, it's all just corruption but um you know and uh you know that may well be true, but also it's it's the case that you know antidepressants do work in in a lot of cases, yeah. and they can bring people out of depression. Um, but you know it does have to be alongside other things, uh, 100%. you know, alongside talking therapy or alongside uh, making changes to your lifestyle or whatever it is. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, um, 
it's, it's weird because when people and like, as a short-term thing as well, you know, yeah, because yeah, people I, I can think, be on antidepressants well, for, years, for years, and that's, many years. Well, one of the yeah. one of the side effects of a lot of antidepressants is suicidal thoughts. So that's that's like a side effect on a lot of them because what happens is it they're beta blockers a lot of the time and they can um, you know kind of make you feel a little bit numb. But sometimes if they don't work in the right way or they don't react with your system much, mm. there's people who have disproportionate amount of people in America for example um, this is a slight thing because America's system is similar to ours in a lot of the wrong ways because of big pharma and that sort of thing which I do believe especially in America there are a lot of things uh, that are big pharma do adverts on TV telling people they're depressed so they mm. shouldn't take kind of depressants and stuff but with mass shootings for example I mean this is sort of, this is going to be a whole other podcast <laughs> subject but mass shootings one quite co- a common thing which I'm from what I've uh, read, is at least a very, very, very high majority, like a very high majority of people who are who are mass shooters are on uh, antidepressants. Now, obviously, not saying antidepressants mm. cause mass shooters, but one of the side effects can be disassociative. It can be a disassociative mm. experience. And if you're feeling, if you are depressed and you're feeling, you know, disassociated from everyone, you take pills that are meant to cure you. They end up making you feel worse and more dissociated. It can end up having the you know the adverse effect. It can make you even go down the rabbit hole further. Because if you're just told, okay, you feel rubbish, don't change your diet, don't do more exercise, don't maybe change your job, don't look at your sleeping routine, don't look at the people around you, don't go outside more, no, don't do any of that, just take these pills and you'll be fine. That's that's kind of, I'm not saying all doctors are like that, and obviously every doctor does say different things, but from I've got, most of my friends have got some form of either depression, bipolar or anxiety, mm. and about half of them are medicated. And the ones I've spoken to a couple of them have managed to go to therapy and they said that helped them a lot but a lot of the ones I've spoken to a female friend of mine said she's um, she's a bigger girl and um, she's not afraid to admit that and she says mm. she has never ever been told by the doctor that, that her depression could have been linked with her being overweight not okay. because there's a part of it which is not as being as happy with yourself because mm. you are overweight but another part of it is your hormones get imbalanced if you are really overweight or really underweight and that can be a, a, a part of it as well and if you're eating loads and loads of sugar you're on the sugar high and then you crash mm. if you crash on a low day that's a lot heavier than crashing on a normal normal day and all these things and I just one thing I'm kind of realising as I get older is almost nothing is black and white and almost everything sits in the moral grey area and where they're trying to find where the line is is very very difficult uh, with these pills like I'm not saying no one should take pills because pills have a lot of people I just think that every problem we have doesn't have one answer it has loads of answers and usually it's bits and pieces of each one to kind of fix it um, obviously with yourself you took medication for a while but you found that the thing that really helped you was uh, doing some of these exercises for yourself and well, yes. when you first started doing them I assume you were still on the medication when that was happening yes I was yeah yeah. and yeah. Um, I um, it, it kind of a, a decision had to be made as to whether I, I was going to come off the medication or not because the medication had actually uh, got rid of the hallucinations in, uh, originally so yeah. that's uh, and, and I was concerned that they were going to come back um, well, yeah, that was but, and uh, I spoke to the doctor about it, and and the doctor said, "Well, there's only one way to find out, isn't there? Well, yeah, stop taking them. Yeah, that's a good point. And <laughs> see what happens. Mm. So that's what I did. I mean, you got to phase them out properly. It's, it takes quite a long time because I was on quite a high dose. So you yeah. got to kind of like wean yourself off. Yeah, gra- yeah, gradually get it off. So that that took quite a long time. But I mean, um, you know, it is it is a lot better not being on epilepsy drugs. I mean you know a lot of people need to be on epilepsy drugs and it's great that epilepsy drugs exist yeah, yeah and uh, you know and my advice would be you know <laughs> if you need them then take them yeah um, 
but uh, you know there are the, the thing is there are side effects and it can make you drowsy it can affect your memory and because I was on quite high dose I was um, you know it, it was just sort of uh, particularly with like uh, short-term memory I was I was I was really quite forgetful and uh, you know I'd just made made quite a few basic errors just because um my head wasn't in the right place but i mean you know i felt so much better having come off these drugs you know yeah so it was uh you know it was a whole new whole new lease of life really yeah well, i can imagine so because not only with your own mind being i'm actually getting i'm overcoming this in the way that i actually don't need the drugs which can be like a positive feedback loop of i yeah. can do this without the drugs and then because you think you can you kind of make yourself do it which yeah. can be a good thing as well but also yeah the side effects uh, that's another big uh, sort of caveat when it comes to taking antidepressants well, mm. not just the one I mentioned about being suicidal but you know weight gain is a very big one and if you're already overweight right. and you're quite depressed and maybe uh, your depression a contributing factor to that is because of your own mm. self-worth from being overweight you take these pills that are meant to help you and you feel even more you become mm. more overweight that can be worse as well and there's what people fail a lot I think people fail to kind of think of is okay there's very few things in medical science that are perfect you know antibiotics seem to be and now we're all getting super resistant to them and things like that and they're causing a whole slew of other problems and with like with something as complicated as epilepsy or mm. even uh, depression it's changing the chemistry in your brain it has to it has to change it somehow and it's like well changing anything make, is it's very rare to do anything in the world of changing one thing and nothing else getting affected at all mm. and when it comes to something as complicated as the human brain along with all the other physio physiology of the human body mixed with the hormones and the balance of you know too many pills of this too many pills of that it's like um going on to like uh, for example uh, illegal drugs if you take one pill that's really 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 bad that can kill you well, if something that's so small in that size and the doctors are prescribing something which is obviously meant to help you if point 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 zero 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 one of like a like a milligram is off slightly what could that do to you and everyone's body's different i'm allergic to blueberries randomly do you know what i mean like i, yeah. I love them but i'm, I'm allergic to them. i get rashes uh, i have hay fever so i'm allergic to grass and tree pollen i'm on quite strong pills for that actually funnily enough um, <laughs> but you know it's all these things of like every pill from what it seems can have a side effect and as everyone's body is so different especially with your epilepsy was quite uh a unique case in the sense of what you were seeing as well as being in the minority of uh, epilepsy cases as well it's just like well these pills may have been helping you in one way but what potential damage could they have been doing because you're different you know everyone's body's different everyone's mind's different so that is a real big thing I think that could always be another that could be a huge conversation for like uh maybe another time or something but just yeah yeah it's, it's crazy but um i think we're getting to the uh yeah we're, we're getting to pretty much at the hour mark now cool um so i think we've kind of uh come to the junction of the conversation so i think it'd probably be a good time to uh to wrap up if you'll call that yeah 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 it's been an absolute pleasure well um just remind everyone i'll put all the links and stuff again but just remind everyone about uh, your podcast and anything else that you want uh, people to go look up I'll include the links and stuff, and then we'll wrap up. Cool. Um, well, uh, details of my writing is on my web website, which is frankburton.co.uk. Um, my podcast is called Ragbag, and that's uh, on uh, iTunes and SoundCloud and the usual places. And uh, where else am I going? I'm, I'm on Twitter. Uh, Ragbag Frank is my Twitter name. And, uh, yeah, uh, watch out for the new book. Absolutely stellar. Well, thank you very much for coming on, Frank. It's been an absolute pleasure. Cheers. Thank you. And that's the end of the podcast. 
Thanks as always for tuning in, guys. Um, coming up in the following weeks, um, next week's one, it may be an episode with Alex Hart. Um, he's been on a couple of movie podcasts, but we'll be talking about nature and things. It might be a two-parter with, or the first part of a two-parter with my buddy Brandon about sort of premium streetwear, including things like Supreme. Um, or it might be a secret one that I may be recording tomorrow. Uh, I'm not fully, well, I'm pretty sure it's all sort of settled, but you know, I don't want to talk about it unless it doesn't go through or anything. So, you know, it might be that secret one. Um, I've also got a podcast that I should be recording with my buddy Bradley, who's on podcast number 11, um, Hand Bras and No Vag, which is one of my personal favourites. It's a two-parter. Um, so if you haven't listened to that one, I, I implore you to go listen to that one, because I, I think that's that one as well as the one with Johnny, which is episode 13, I think. Um, I think that's the, two of the funniest ones I've done, uh, and two of my favourites, really. So, you know, I'll be doing a podcast with Bradley. I think we're going to be watching, like, two movies, um, and just doing, like, a little mini review podcast about that and probably rambling on and chatting about nothing else because i think we'll have had a couple of drinks um i got one coming up with potentially one coming up with a personal trainer um talking about fitness and that sort of thing so hopefully uh that one will go through uh, and my friend sophie as well she should be coming on to talk about quite a few things to be honest so you know i've got quite a few lined up and so some exciting stuff planned i'm hoping to get another science but simple recorded with josh some point soon as well because i think we're lagging a little bit on that but and josh has just started his uh his first year of sort of teacher training essentially being in the classroom so he's a very busy guy now um i've also been quite busy to be honest so you know that another science but simple should hopefully rear its head in the coming weeks as well but Oh, that will probably be recorded towards the end of the month, so maybe it'll be released early November, or no, early October rather, I'm getting ahead of myself. Ah, oh, well. You can listen, find Genuine Chit Chat on all the usual places, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook, um, you can subscribe you, on all the usual places, you can review us on iTunes, you don't even have to write a review, you can just give a star rating, which would be really appreciated. Um, it's the same on Facebook as well, we're on Facebook, I don't use the Facebook one quite as much, Instagram is the main one that you'd want to go on to keep up to date with sort of things, obviously Twitter I do a bit more uh, sort of interaction with people, especially with other podcasters and things like that, so be sure to follow us on those platforms. Um, I also wanted to check, Genuine Chit Chat is going to be a year old uh, at the end of this month, September, um, and a lot of the other podcasts in the Brit pod scene and other podcasters that I know have been setting up Patreon pages. Um, now, I didn't really want to do that for a little while, uh, because obviously if the show is incredibly small, pretty much no one would donate, or there'd be very few people who donate, so I wasn't really sort of uh, i was kind of considering it but i wasn't sure um i have been approached by a couple of smaller sort of podcast advertising companies about running small ads on the podcast but you know things like dollar i haven't been uh, put forward by, by dollar shape club or audible or anything like that but you know people who listen to a lot of podcasts will know that there's quite a few podcasts that have that sort of thing i just wanted to know what people's opinions were um if you could you know dm me on twitter or message me on facebook on the page right on the wall any of the usual places that you can find us you know you can just google genuine chit chat and it should come up if you could message me and say what your thoughts would be on patreon um if i did do it it would be the standard sort of two dollar five dollar ten dollar whatever tiers um but i would just have it so if you donate two dollars or ten you just get the same amount really i'd think if you donate anything i'd be so appreciative of that then that would be wonderful um but i'd be thinking of what additional content i'd want to put up on there i was thinking maybe some more movie reviews because i do go to the cinema quite a lot and my instagram page i am movies i'm kind of 
uh, that's kind of gone the back seat. So if anyone follows on Instagram, you'll see that I do often post about, you know, movie reviews and that sort of thing. So I was thinking about potentially doing a couple of bonus ones on there. Um, maybe of just me talking a little bit of some of my random thoughts or that I maybe do once every fortnight or something, or maybe just quick five, 10 minute podcast reviews of well, reviews of movies and things. But as you can tell by this incoherent rambling essentially i haven't really flushed the idea out yet this is just me sort of this is the first time i've actually spoken about it or really put a lot of thought into it but if you listen this far into the podcast then you know i I really appreciate you and if you could message me in any way or contact me and just let me know what your thoughts would be if you would be willing to donate on patreon if you what kind of bonus content you'd be thinking of because i want to give bonus content that doesn't take away from the main content you know there's quite a few or one or two bigger podcasters who do a chat with someone for like an hour and then they cut it short and then say okay well i spoke to them for 20 minutes half an hour after this about other stuff uh, you can only access it on patreon i don't want to do that I just want to have it so that if you feel like you want to support the show, because obviously this does, you know, the recording of it, the editing, the, the, the all the social media, all that sort of stuff, it does take quite a few hours out of my work week, um, which is fine because I do it as a labor of love and a passion, but it does cost money to host it. You know, all the equipment and stuff costs money. When I travel to interview guests and things, that also costs money. So obviously it's doing it as a labor of love. I'm not going to beg everyone for money and that sort of thing. I just think if you feel like this deserves it, you know, to, two dollars a month that's like less than a cup of coffee essentially if you're in uh, england as well i think it's like one pound 80 or something and it's like well if you listen on a weekly basis you probably get about four hours uh, a month essentially of this podcast give or take a little bit and is that worth one pound 50 obviously if you think it's not that's completely fine and you can continue to listen to free i won't take anything away but if you feel like it does or would then if someone could give me any hint that they'd be potentially interested maybe you know that would push it forward i guess obviously i understand that a lot of people probably aren't going to message me because they would probably go well i'm not going to tell them i would but i would probably think about it and that's fine too um so i just want to throw that out there just a potential if anyone had any ideas of what they would potentially want if i did do a patreon that'd be really cool but as i said i'm going to keep doing the normal stuff releasing <laughs> what i view as top quality content in a sense um yeah I think that's it really i mean this outro is going to be incredibly long so i do apologize for that but um as i say i do appreciate anyone listening this far so um thanks as always for listening guys and i'll talk to you next week